socially powered digital marketing show, The Digital Marketer's Guide to Emerging Technology, covering blockchain, cryptocurrency, and social media disruption. Hey there, I'm Erin Sell, your host of the show. This week, we will be discussing what a conscious capitalist view is and how to approach the world with confidence, not egos. This week, I'm speaking with Mark Hamadi. He is a partner, a venture capitalist, speaker, mentor, advisor, C-level executive, and Mark has an amazing story. He has actually beat being in a wheelchair for many years, beat stage four cancer. He's survived 15, over 15 surgeries. He's lost 253 pounds. He's a Marine Corps veteran, supporter of the planet, people, and women entrepreneurs. I've known Mark since I was in college, which is just crazy. We reconnected many years later. Mark Hamade is a conscious capitalist, meaning he is passionately respectful of people, the planet, and profitable enterprises. He believes that organizations have a responsibility to uphold all three Ps equally, strategic, visionary, and innovative leadership, business acumen, and a strong ability to create and execute a strategy that results in sustained financial health of the organization. So let's go ahead and get into it with Mark. Welcome to the show, Mark Hamadi. I'm excited to have you here with me today. So I think it's kind of funny. I usually try to tell our listeners um, how we met, and I think it's really funny. So Mark and I actually went to college together and have known each other for many, many years. And I, I remember I was looking at a conference. I believe it was a conference in Malta. And I was looking at the speakers and I saw your name and I was like, what? <laughs> Mark Hamadi, I know that name. And so then I started like going down the rabbit hole of like looking at what you were doing and reached out to you. I think maybe LinkedIn or Facebook. I don't remember uh, how we uh, reconnected, but. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I love Malta and I was uh, like a featured speaker there to open, open it up and I enjoyed that. I, I got into blockchain. So I'm very, uh, I would say, sustainable and more of grounded with a little bit of creativity, looking at processes and so forth. And I had done construction, a bunch of different things, but I was big on children and them not be, and, 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 and the kidnapping, especially from, as you know, from Kansas and Wichita and so forth. And I felt like blockchain could be something that would be able to be traced, to trace where it was going, uh, to be able to save the kids. And also from a construction standpoint, where you have, you know, you have the owner. The owner says, hey, Aaron, I want to build the Denver airport. And then he goes, finds an architect. The architect draws it. And then the engineer starts to engineer it. And then they get a, a general contractor. And then they get a subcontractor, and so forth. Along the line, the architect could draw it like a little kid, and then the engineer doesn't engineer it. But the engineer blames the architect, the architect blames the engineer, and, and nobody gets And so with blockchain, the chain of custody is there. 
And also, I dealt with a female that had an egg, and she wanted black child. The child came out white. And, and so then when we looked at it, there's a lot of mistakes that happen at those types of banks. But right. you don't know about it because if it's a white egg being switched by another white egg, you don't know. And so, again, I love blockchain from a standpoint of uh, if, if SAP isn't working, if CRM isn't working, if that's not working, use it. I don't use it in, a, in an area where there's already something that's fantastic and great. Uh, but that's initially kind of why I got into it. It's like it can solve a problem that hasn't been solved or there's a pain. Right. That I, I love that too, that there's the, the tracking and everything is accountable. Like there's no way of cheating the system, which is kind of funny because before we started recording, we were talking about, you know, what's going on with the election and, and all that. And I, I have actually heard um, for both sides with the election, like if blockchain mm -hmm. is worthwhile for using in an election, what are your, Thoughts on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I mean, it's in those areas. Instead, people are creating these BS companies, right, with blah, blah, blah. And when you look underneath the hood, there is nothing, right? And I'm using AI with blockchain with this to do a robo robot investment, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, okay, this is great. And they spent a million dollars on a white paper and got two PhDs to write it, and they did a pitch deck that you can use as toilet paper, and it shows you that the company is going to be a billion dollars in two years. And then when you ask them, can you show me how it works? They can't. Right. And when they can, as, as just trial, you ask them, okay, get some customers in here. You get some customers, and the platform fails, right? Yeah. But this, this is where blockchain can be so good in those areas that it's really – really need it and you can catch the chain of custody and and follow it so when you don't see it there that tells me they want corruption they don't want you know change and if you notice in, in politics generally you don't have business people you don't have people that all the people that care like a mother Teresa and so forth they say I want to stay away from the government I, I just want to take care of kids I want to take care of this and we forget then we allow the wrong people to get in these positions and you see it through all over the world. And then it hurts all the people. Right. The best people, the best humans are not in politics. And Which when is they do sad. come in politics, <laughs> right? Yeah. And when they do come in politics, they're eaten up and they're not reelected because there's not enough of them. You know? Yeah. Tell me about um, some of the companies that you work with? Because I know you you sit on a lot of boards and, and work with a lot of different blockchain organizations. Well, two, two companies I'm really excited about is, one is Nobella, Nobella Tech. And Nobella Tech is uh, by a former, you know, army uh, gentleman who was actually, believe it or not, uh, I, I don't know if he played in Wimbledon, but an amazing, that, but he's very, very deep down, kind, and so forth. And what it really is, is imagine GitHub, LinkedIn, and Facebook for scientists. Okay. And so, so, so basically, okay, Aaron, you have, you, you've, got, you've got like 
five patents, and one of them is at Stanford, it's this, it's there. We take that patent out, and we see where, where does it work with Pfizer, with whoever, and then connect it, and then give the scientists credit and tokens. And where it becomes really great is there are so many scientists that are in Kenya and in third world countries that are getting nothing. There are scientists that are measuring beakers with PhDs from Princeton, you know? So it allows, there, and there's so many patents all over the world and in all, all these universities that are just sitting there. They can be used, but you gotta uh, put them together. And so that's where it's really, really cool because if you look at Facebook and all of that stuff, there's all that nonsense with, you know, the sexuality and hitting on this person and that person with LinkedIn and so forth. So, it's, you, so scientists aren't going to do that. They're, they're going to communicate for the betterment of good. And so then it's allowing – then maybe we can actually find a cure for Alzheimer's, right? Because Alzheimer's, for example, I work with a company where it, there was carbon on the brain. And this company helps shave the carbon out. So then you get your memory back. Wow. But the carbon keeps coming back. And, and, and Alzheimer's is mostly in women more than men. And so, you know, things like that. And then the next company is Canf, which is an Ethereum. And, and that one is by Kermshoff, who's one of the top 100 uh, billionaires uh, in, uh, in UAE. And what I like about that is Vitalik, I love because I think he, he really cares. He, he wants to progress what's going on. And it's using it to be more sustainable and, 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 and less energy. And so if you look at blockchain and Bitcoin and so forth, it uses too much electricity. And so like, just like solar, I tell people, solar is great, but there's a lot of carbon. So sometimes we talk out of both asses, excuse my French. And it's like you don't want to do good to cause bad. And so it's, it's, it's a better form. But again, the problem with this stuff is you look at the Internet, it took like 15 years for the Internet to get going. It took 12 years for people to figure out, if I looked at you and I had AIDS, you're not going to get sick. And we're expecting all this stuff to happen overnight, and it doesn't. And so that's where we have to really nurture it and so forth, especially on the medical side. What I love about that is it takes 10 to 15 years. But being a, you know, a stage 4 cancer survivor, I... I understand how dangerous it is and how gratifying it is to help human life. And that's where I think blockchain and this innovation is so great because it's really leaving a mark in this world. Speaking of, of that, um, you have a very interesting life story, life journey. So I think, um, I think that needs to be discussed, shared. So I was, I was born in Lebanon in 1974. And uh, my grandmother, who raised me, is one of the most amazing women, and she was a teacher. Um, and, you know, in Lebanon, I dealt with, you know, a lot of children getting killed, guns, you know, so forth. Uh, so, and, and that really teaches you the value of life, and it teaches you empathy, but it also closes you. It closes you from wanting to care for people because you're afraid to lose them. And, and so, uh, so after, when I, when I was 11, uh, so I was born with one leg shorter than the other, so by five inches. So when I was 11, I moved to the U.S. I came in with a visa, 
then a green card, then citizenship. But here's something interesting. The person who welcomed me at the airport in New York City was Donald Trump. What? My grandmother, my grandmother knew him, and I stayed in Trump Towers and down NASA's building. Wow. And, that's funny. And I've, I've met Princess Di. That's something that's kind of exciting, too. So, so, uh, so, so I tell people sometimes as a child, I had the worst life ever, and sometimes I was more privileged than an adult. Right. You know, and, 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 and Trump was really, really kind and, and different then. Uh, but, and, and so, wait, what year would that have been? That would have been 85, 85. 85. Okay. Yeah. So then when I came to the U S I wanted to give back and I, I, I joined the Marines and why, why the Marines? Well, truthfully, because the recruiter pushed the Marines and I liked the uniforms and I thought it was the toughest. It wasn't the most money. It wasn't the most anything. I mean, again, I'm in, I was, I'm still a little bit naive in certain things, right? I was naive. I mean, even at high school, I actually had a lunchbox, right? And people were making fun of me. And, and then one day I came home and I'm like, I need to find these brown bags. I took a brown bag from the trash. And I'm like, I need this brown bag because people are making fun of me. <laughs> you know, and now what's cool. And with where, where were you living? Where were you living then? Uh, New York. Okay. New York. And, and, and now when you look at jams, you look at parachute pants and all of that, all that stuff that's cool now, we were getting beat up. I mean, I had a <laughs> unibrow, right? I had, you know, my mom was, my mom was very, very pretty, and she was like runner up to Miss Lebanon. But, you know, what does a mom say? Oh, honey, you're beautiful. You're beautiful. But, but then it's like, well, you're not if you have a unibrow and you don't take care of yourself and I mean, you don't know, right? And, and so that, that was very uh, difficult. And then uh, after college, right, I, I, I worked at a restaurant. I did a dealership, very, you know, just different things to kind of move up. But through that, you know, after the Marines, my back broke, and I was in a wheelchair for two years. And, you know, when, when, in the Marines, you eat whatever you want. You're going to do sports. You're going to be fine. Well, when you're in a wheelchair, you eat all you want because you think you're going to get out of the wheelchair because you're arrogant and, and you're drinking and you're taking Vicodins. And uh, then I gained 254 pounds. And I, at one time I was taking 16 Vicodins a day. And wow. now I don't do any of that, that, that stuff or whatever. But, and, and, and people tell, ask me, Mark, were you medicating yourself? No, I wasn't depressed. I was in real pain. And so I was able to get off that quickly right away. But it hurts your bones, so forth. So then I said to myself, let me put a lifestyle change because I started looking at diets and I'm like, and one thing I say, I'm not intellectual, but I have common sense. And so I'm like, common sense tells me there's a ton of diets. Which diet works? Well, obviously none of them work. So let me do a lifestyle change. And that's what I did. And it really took me, I, and this is where it doesn't become sexy. It took me nine years, three years to lose that 254 pounds, three years to merge it with a working out and three years to deal with depression and not eat, you know, not eat Sonic Coney dogs in bed, you know, and medicate myself through that and watching the food channel, you know? So, so, so with that, but along with that, I ended up getting, I was turning around companies working 20, 22 hours. And I tell people your cells and your body, you don't, you think you don't need sleep, but, you don't know what, the, what you're causing your body to do. 
So I ended up getting cancer. And when I got cancer, I was throwing up blood. And I'm like, to the doctor, just fucking give me some medicine. Figure it out. Like, who cares? Right. You had like, shit to do. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. And then you get to stage four. And he's like, well, you're going to die in a few weeks. So uh, you're like, oh, shit. Okay. You know? And then the chemo, the uh, surgery on the nose and the that. And I've ended up getting cancer three times and, and, and taking a tumor outside of the tummy. And, and, and you just learn now that, you know what? I always say now, people ask me, are you scared of dying? I'm like, well, God has asked me to come to dinner a few times. And then he said, I'm canceling. Right. And that's, you know, and, and that's really it. And the business side of it, I tell people, you know, my grandmother told me when I was young, she goes, you know, there's going to come a point where I can't support you anymore. You need to support me. And you need to make money for that. She never said you need to make money for a Rolls Royce or a Ferrari or that. So I always tell people, you look at a company, you want to turn it around, and you want to grow it to take care of staff so they can feed their families, so they can enjoy life. And really being a leader, it's not leadership. It's being a teacher. And it's teaching everybody to do better at what they do and elevate the greatness in each person to get the best out of them. It's like when you're interviewing people, if, if they're down and you can't hear them, then you haven't done a good enough job to get them elevated, right? And it's getting that emotion out of them. And so that's, that's, that's what really leadership is. It's getting the greatest out of each person. And then even if they're mediocre, right. even if the person is mediocre, you want them to be the best they can be. And that's kind of what is exciting because, again, People want to go home, feed their families, and enjoy what they've done. And if you focus on that, the money will come because then everybody's going to want to work with each other. And if the thing isn't working, they'll pivot to something else, but they'll still want to be there. How can I make it work with Mark? How can I make it work with Bill? You know, what can we do, right? And, and what's exciting and that's kind of the journey. Yeah. So one of the things I, I know that you are very, I guess, supportive of is female entrepreneurs and, and building them up and helping them, you know, get going and, and do more. So can you talk just a little bit about that? Yeah. So, so I always say it's about people. It's about profitable enterprise, right? And it's about planet and women entrepreneurs. And so when you think about it, you will, you'll see it, but very, very rare, where a woman will tell you she's doing this well, right, when she's doing this well. It's always I'm doing this well, when she's really doing this well, right? So they have that empathy and the kindness. And every guy, and I tell this to men, with everything going on, every man came out of a woman. So you would think to be respectful and caring from that perspective. And then the hardest thing to manage is a child. When a child cries, you can't throw them across the wall. You have to figure out why they're crying. Are they sad? What's going on? Is it a toothache? What is it? If you have the patience to figure that out, you have the patience to grow a company because it's a bunch of kids. They're 50 to 60-year-old kids that are sitting there talking about what happened in the weekend and who did what, or whatever, right? Gossiping nonstop. 
on whatever. And this is why women become so successful. Now, why are they not put up? The reason why is because men, we have egos, and we pump on our chests, and this and that, and that, that's considered passionate. And if you do it as a woman, you're considered a bitch. Right. And so then you are, you go into a room, and you may be able to have done everything, but no one's listening to you because you're, you're, you're quiet about it. You're not saying, hey, hold on, shut up. Let me tell you what I'm doing. Right. If a guy does that, oh, wow, he's, he's confident. If you do that, oh, she's a bitch. Mm-hmm. So that it's not fair and it's not right. And, and so now I'm not into all women companies. I've dealt with that. No, I'm not into all men. There needs to be a, convent, a combination but at the end of the day, you people have to – I tell people, I had a room full of awards and trophies and this and that. And then I said to myself, I incinerated them all because it doesn't matter. It's what every employee thinks of you, right? It's, it, w- w- I'm thankful for Mark doing this. I'm thankful for Aaron doing this. I'm thankful for Bill doing that. Not the award. You can go get a 20-foot trophy. You can buy Twitter this. You can organically build all of that. It's all meaningless. It's really what have you accomplished. So it's that responsibility and accountability. And, 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 and I think women do that very, very well and really look at it as, hey, you know what? We're going to all win as a team. And, and they focus on that and they focus on the right things. Now, there are some not so good or whatever. But in all honesty, when people tell me, oh, this VC is not good or venture capital is not good, it has nothing to do with the industry. Look who's leading that company. Look who's leading that company. You will never find a company that has failed due to great leadership. Every single company, even when, they, when you say, well, Mark, uh, the product wasn't good. Look at the leadership at that time. They didn't listen to their employees. They ignored them. So I'm all about confidence, but not ego. So you'll be talking to somebody, let's say, and they'll tell you, you'll, and, and, and you'll, you know, let's say about podcasting or whatever, and, and they may have a problem, and they'll say, oh, I know, I know, I know, before you even finish the sentence. That's ego, and they're going to always fail. So whenever I have somebody like that, I don't even want to invest in them. I don't even want to work with them. I'm done. I'm completely done with them. Because I know they're not listening. They're just saying so. It's like bankrupt companies come to me and say, Mark, I have a problem. Okay, and this is how I'm, I need you to solve it. I'm like, you don't know how you need to solve it. You didn't want to be $300 million in the hole. You have no clue. And, the, and, and how I'm going to solve it, you're not going to believe it's going to work. Because it's a, diff, it's a foreign language. If, if, if you knew what I was going to do, you would have done it. Nobody right. wants to lose money. No one's, nobody wants to fail. So it's going to be a different thing. And so, so the biggest thing that I feel people misunderstand is they don't sell value. It's like if you tell me, hey, Mark, you can do your own podcast. I can help you with it. It's 1600 Oh, Aaron, that's too much. Oh, okay, then I'll just teach you. Okay, but you need a recorder. Oh, how much is that? 500 You need a microphone. How much is that? Oh, now we're at $3,000. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll do it for you. You know, and so people don't explain the value of what they do, and then the price goes down. Right. And, and so, you know, and, and so that's, 
so that needs to be more. But I, but I think that's uh, that's one of the biggest uh, thing why I, 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 you know, women. You know, you see my personality type A, go, go, go. There are some women like that, but very few. And the ones that are like that, they go far in life. They really do, right? But the rest don't. But they're just doing just great. They're doing great work, and they. You know, I, I promoted a young lady from $8 an hour to 200000 She did work for 15 years. Her husband died of cancer. She was hardworking. She did everything. But she just didn't brag. She didn't talk about it. She just did the work and supported the whole team. So it's like if we win together, that's all that matters. You know, you want awards, go, go, go to a trophy shop and, uh, you know, uh, craft your pay for it, you know? Right. Let's share with the audience what is like your i guess best words of wisdom for okay best, and, okay okay yeah. so best words of wisdom every night before you sleep write down what you did that day and what you want to do the next day and and so i will maybe write and say you know what today i wasn't honest to aaron on the podcast so i will call you up tomorrow and say hey aaron i wasn't honest with you okay so you can change your manipulation. You can change how you are in a daily way. You can't change it eight months later. You can't change it two years later. It exasperates, right? So if you gain three pounds, you can start watching your weight and going to the gym. But, oh, you know what, Aaron? Uh, yeah, I had ice cream next Monday. Oh, next Monday, yeah, you know what? I had pizza. Next month, the next Monday, I'll go to the gym. All of a sudden, I'm 40 pounds overweight. Oh, just you know. Right. And so you could do that daily, and it's like, okay, I wanna finish this project. I wanna this, and then the other thing is, I now at least two days shut my phone off. You have to completely decompress and shut the phone off and 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 relax. But you also have to be honest on. You know, stop. You know, I tell people this fake it to make it doesn't work. You have to be authentic. And if you're hurting, let people know you're hurting. But at the end of the day, we all pee in our pants. We all have problems. We all do whatever. And, and, and too many people just, you know, are like this and that. And then I meet them later and they're in tears. They're, they don't have this. this. It's a complete mess. And you're just like, well, you've been living a fucking lie and you right. haven't tried to do anything about it. I love that because it, it holds you accountable to yourself on a daily basis. And it's easy to use, right? right? Everything else is like, okay, I need six PhDs to do that. I don't have time for that, right? This, right. You can do it. I, like to, tonight, I'll be like, okay, I called Erin. I paid attention to her. I wasn't doing anything else. She got my time. I did that. I went to the gym. Boom, I took Curtis, you know, so the five things I wanted to do, I got four of them done. If the right. fifth one I didn't do, it goes on the next day, you know? Yep. And you, and you start accomplishing things. Yeah, I love that. So tell everybody, what is the best way to connect with you, stay in touch with you, learn more about what you're doing? So you can connect with me on LinkedIn uh, or Google me through Mark Hamadi or markhamadi.com. And I will say this, I've been coaching some people and I've helped seven people in this pandemic get raises. One person, uh, I more, not quadrupled, like seven times his salary. Others, 
doubled to tripled. So there are wow. you have to be good. You have to be good. You have to have something. But you also have to be able to, again, I will say without people problems, you have no problem. If I want to work with you and you think of me as the crook, you'll never work with me. But if you think of, if, but if I influence you and not manipulate you, it's all about people. Anything can be accomplished. So it's showing the confidence of the company. Hey, you know what? This is a problem you have. This is how I can help you. And people are like, well, wow, look at what you've done. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Look at what the company's getting. Right? Yeah. Because, because, because the person is so valuable. And I charge hourly. I don't take a commission. I don't take a bonus. Because, again, you want to do things the right way. And even as a human being, I, if I get drunk, I might not kill somebody if I drive. But I'm not going to take that risk. So I'm not going to start doing things for commission because I want to put people in the right spot that's good for them and the company, not what's best for me, you know, and that's what makes it uh, exciting. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for spending time with me here today. It's awesome. I really appreciate it. And, you know, I, you know, I'm proud of myself because, you know, to have to, come back with a relationship like yourself for knowing for 20, it's, it's, you know, we're immature in college and we make mistakes, but to actually grow from that immaturity and have those, that relationship, it's just, it's rare. And I have very few like that. And it's just, it's special beyond, you know, it's just, there's nothing, there is nothing like the bond between humans and and people that you've known for a long time and through the ups and downs and, you know, it's just, yeah. It's, it's really cool. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Well, I hope you guys appreciated that conversation with Mark Hamadi as much as I did. I just want to say be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss out on our latest episodes. And if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. We would also love to connect with you on all your favorite social media platforms. You can find us at Socially Powered, sharing tips, tricks, and the latest episodes on all things social, crypto, and blockchain related. Thanks for listening.